your boy McCoy. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with my buddies Colin and Dan as always. What's up guys? How are you doing tonight? Oh, doing real good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling different. The joy is back. Yeah, I had some sort of amazing sleep last night just, just with like visions of, of lollipops and candies just running through my brain as if it was like giant sacks of Russell Wilson just over and over again. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, it felt more more than five. Um, yeah, I yeah. Mean, a lot of rut of pressures. It was it was he was yeah. running for his life. He definitely was not getting the ball out. But of course, we'll get to that later. But first, we got to shout out uh, Junk Brands for uh, throwing us over these sweet Giants headbands. We got uh, one what, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. I'm wearing mine right now. Um, but I have to say, the best part is Colin wearing his because he has a sweet mustache. He looks just like Garner Minshew. Yeah, my my hair's getting a little bit long too, so I'm I'm just getting to that level. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Well, that's a quarantine symptom. Is long hair? Oh, yeah. I feel like oh, I was just gonna say I, I like them a lot because, um, you know, while I am a Giants fan first and foremost, you guys all know about my Cleveland Browns fandom nine and three by the way. Um, but you know, your boy Baker always wears a headband, so this is a way for me to represent my Giants fandom, but also pay a little homage or a tip of the hat to your boy Baker Mayfield. So. Tip of the um, headband, if you will. Tip of the headband to junk brands and Baker. <laughs> and that is how do you tip a head, how do you tip a headband? Just like this, ready? Oh, oh with nice. emphasis. All right, right on. Um, so that is junkbrands.com, guys. Check it out. Um, grab a headband, and uh, why not? Why not have a headband? I mean, I have giants everything else. I mean, it's might as well have a giants headband, right? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. High performance. You can do whatever you want with these things. That's right. That's right. And guys, I just want to remember uh, to remind you to subscribe to our cha- to our podcast on uh, whatever platform you're listening to on and follow Big Blue United on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So I noticed that we have said a lot of things in this pod, and it seems like a lot of them have come to fruition. You know, just reminiscing, Dan, today, what do you, what do you re- remember from previous pods that is, that is really happening right now? I mean – We've said so much and all the invaluable information. I'm sure all of our listeners would agree. But I think our, what makes us special here at the Big Blue United Podcast is our, our ability to see things that others don't. If you guys remember early on when we were previewing this season, we were running down the roster, and we all sort of come on the same, same side of it and think the Giants' defense was better than others thought. Just looking at the roster, looking at the personnel, we think they underperformed due to a bad offense last year and were a lot stronger than, we, than anyone thought. Uh, obviously, I've been a big fan of running backs don't matter, and we lost Saquon, and running backs continue not to matter with the time of Wayne Gallman, the ball man, just run and shop. Um, we also came down that Giants would be 6-10. and 10. We are well on our way to 6-10 and 10 and a playoff berth, just like we said. Um, and, and obviously, the, the cherry on top, the as they say in France, uh, a piece de resistance is your boy... <laughs> Colt McCoy, just just absolutely taking the NFL by storm, throwing for a little over 100 yards, but <laughs> commanding respect um, like a true gunslinger would. So um, if you guys are interested in, in seeing the future, uh, continue listening to this pod because we are going to continue to drop morsels of information that you would never see anywhere else. You want Knowledge prognostication? Bombs. You got it here, friends. That's right. <laughs> And, and like lots of the stuff that we talk about, we're also in on the ground level on a few things, uh, which brings me, unfortunately, I, I haven't heard a lot from the Dave Gettleman Twitter sphere. 
Um, it feels like something weird's going on. I don't know if you guys know anything. Um, oh, you could fill me in. I, I, you know what, Dan? It's what I saw is because he's out on the campaign trail right now. Um, oh. he's trying to convince people to keep his job after this uh, three win win streak. And and I think another one of the most important things is that he's noticed, uh, you know, our pod and and other people really getting down on him. And he's out there telling everyone to stop the steal, stop Joe Judge from stealing. Dave Gettleman shine. He put Stealing this the narrative. Te- he put this team together, not Joe Judge, and and he deserves the credit. So I think you know we need to give credit where credit is due. That's incredible. I I, I didn't think he was astute enough to to see the narrative that was coming through that that Joe Judge is succeeding despite the inadequacies in the roster that Gettleman put together. But Gettleman's trying to get out there in front of it. Strike while the iron's hot. Despite the outward appearances and the Twitter rants, he, you know they are. He is doing some conniving back there that you don't know about. There, there are things in motion that none of us know. <laughs> he might not be a, a real astute team builder, but he really knows how to shape a brand and public perception. You got to give him that. <laughs> you can't deny it. You can't deny. It. Um, speaking of three game win streak, so obviously we were all wrong last week. I think the whole world was wrong about this Giant Seahawks game, and it was. A fun game to watch. It, to me, it was a convincing win in certain ways, and, and in others, there there were areas that you know there needs to be improvement on, which I think it is the story this year. Joe Judge and it looked Patrick Graham, Jason Garrett all did a fantastic job coaching this game. I think Garrett stuck to his game plan. Graham's defense is probably better than than we've lauded it up to be over the past couple of weeks. It was just a really great win. I'm super happy. The Giants look good moving forward into a, a hard schedule. This looked like one of the harder games. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on the game this week? Um, it was really great. It was a feeling I haven't had in a long time watching the Giants play uh, meaningful competition in a meaningful game where they're playing hard and creating exciting moments. Um, you know, the, my first thing was on that first drive, it, uh, the, the red zone defense stopped, you know, you know, the Seahawks. And I was like, oh boy, you know, something might be brewing. And just as the game progressed... I got more and more excited. I'm like, something's happening. Something's going on. Um, and it's just great to see them perform. You know, we obviously didn't get a ton from the offense, but that was be, to be expected. But this was like, you know, where sort of, as I mentioned earlier, our, our thoughts on the defense and what we've seen from the defense really just, you know, was a coming out party for them. Uh, and it was great to see. There's a lot of chemistry. That was evident. Guys are bigging up each other, um, just getting after it. And, and I think you guys would agree. We haven't seen this type of, Giants defense in almost 10 years. The insane thing to me watching the defense is that it doesn't matter who's being thrown on the field. Everyone knows what they need to do and they're executing it. And even if they're not the most talented guy out there, they're all playing together. The cliches of, of playing as one, it's, it's actually coming to fruition. And I forgot that we had the capability of putting someone in that uniform that knew how to do something like that. So this was like a, a really exciting game. From that stance, I, I do have to say, uh, with the cult uh, aspect of things, uh, Steph was asking me a little bit about him, and I didn't know a lot more than you know. He played at Texas; he was real good in college. Whatever. We did a little uh, Wikipedia dive, and uh, one of the, the most interesting facts on there—well, facts—it's Wikipedia. Who knows? Someone may have put it in there, but Fact. I believe this. It's on the internet. It's true. Well, I, I, I believe this though, and I, Dan, I think I think you will too. Um, he is a big fan. Of drinking raw milk, yes, 
Yes, I think <laughs> raw, that's probably raw true. Milk? Is that like he's not raw, homogenized he, he, or pasteurized? No, he, right mm-hmm. out of the cow. Still warm, loving it. It gives him his power. He's he's all about that. I bet you so. if you if he has Bezos or something, he drinks raw milk. I think all titans of industry and and really just just game changers <laughs> are drinking raw milk on their egg. I mean, didn't we all drink raw milk when we were very youngsters, though? So yeah, but it, he still you does. Bring it back. At least it's, no, at he least never it's stopped. From, at least it's from a cow. Did it, did it specify it was from a cow? Or oh no, no, it didn't. That was the thing. Okay. Cambodian. Uh, <laughs> <It's a> Cambodian. <laughs> <laughs> the finest. Uh, other little known fact about uh, about Colt McCoy is you guys know what his 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 God not his God given name is his his birth certificate name is what? No, you guys Daniel. Ah. Oh. That's yeah, maybe, he, maybe maybe he should be called Danny Dimes. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh man, uh, let's really confuse is. people now. <laughs> you know, I always that, that's funny because I figured you know you're from the South, you just got a name like Colt or Baker yeah. or you know whatever it is, it, all kinds of weird things. Peyton, Debo, Eli, I, Elijah. I, I have to say, I have to throw this in here because I thought it was the most interesting stat I just randomly came by. Um, the Giants' defense has two plus sacks in each of their first twelve. Uh, games of a season for the first time since 1963 when team sacks became an official stat that's yeah. bizarre well that, that's funny because i think mark gastonow would have the record for oh no not gastonow but lawrence taylor would have the record for most sacks in a season if uh if michael strahan uh didn't because uh th- th- they didn't count sacks like early on in his career which is funny yeah but I mean, if we want to get back to like the defense, uh, yeah. like I think we knew the Giants' defense was good. I think to stifle the Seahawks like this was very meaningful and impressive moving forward in what this team is trying to do. I mean, I, I know we can laud like the pass rush and everything. The pass rush wasn't really that great, honestly. They got a lot of sacks because the coverage was just impeccably good. It's incredible. I mean, Brad, I know Bradbury um, probably had the hardest game of his career. Metcalf had the five catches for eighty yards. I mean, that's still a good stat line. Bradbury is great. Like I loved when he when Metcalf just bodied him, and he still was like trying to. He made the, the tackle ball out and made the tackle. Yeah, He's and people so are trying good. to like say that he got he got destroyed on it. Like, oh, he looked like a fool. He's got you know he's got a family and all this. It's like no, he got a one yard gain and got tackled. Sick. Yeah, no, he ta- like he made that tackle. I know he got bodied, oh. but he made that tackle. So there's there's really no bad things you can say about it. I mean, the the Yadam looks like he's playing better. Peppers had an amazing freaking game. And I think the best yeah. play Peppers made, well, no one even knows about this, and I saw it, is when Lalos was recovering that fumble, Peppers, like, hit Russell Wilson to prevent him from recovering it so Lalos could jump in and grab it. That's nice. a super heads-up play to make. Which I, and, I, and I love how Peppers is coming along all year. I think, you know, people forget when, when we traded for him, I think he was only in his second or third season. So yeah. he's still super young. And, and I think that's another narrative too. On a narrative uh, of this defense is like, like you said, Colin, the young guys are coming out and contributing. Car- Carter Coughlin, Tay Crowder. I mentioned Lalas before. They all really made like meaningful contributions. And, and to me, what, what's most important about that is the Giants have really been lacking on those late round picks and undrafted free agents for so long. And it's nice to see some of these guys and some of these picks actually do well. And you know, like I said before, Dave Gettleman. It's all Dave Gettleman. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I all right. Yes, sure. If you want to say that, that's fine. I I I went into I went into the yes. season. I told you guys, especially <laughs> after the uh, the draft, 
that it wasn't going to be a, a Gettleman draft. Like, yeah, he's there, he's the GM doing it, but I think it's it's Joe Judge having more of a say in what ended up happening, and especially with um, the undrafted free agent signings too. This I is, think that's a this big is why Judge Gettleman's thing. out on the campaign trail right now because of haters like yeah. you, Colin. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we should totally give him the credit. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys can give the credit to Gabe Gettleman, but I, I think we should take a step back and look at who's on the field and who's playing it. And as TJ was describing, the secondary did play an incredible game. But I think if you, you like break down the film a little bit, you see that they're communicating and everyone knows where they need to be. Um, and they're working together. You know, you know, They're bracket covering guys like Metcalf, and it's working because people are in their spots which I think is um, just points to, to Patrick Graham and, and how well coached they are. Um, my favorite moment wasn't necessarily a play. I th- it was sometime in the third quarter they showed a shot of um, uh, of Russell Wilson talking to the offensive coordinator, and the look in his eye, it was a close-up on Russell Wilson. It was just like a blank a blank stare, and he's just sort of nodding. Oh, like, man, I missed that. I wish you, I saw that. You never see that. Russell Wilson is one of the best, most composed uh quarterbacks in the NFL right now and it looked like he was just at a loss like the, the offensive corner was just talking to him and he just he just looked like defeated almost and, and, it, and it was weird that's like jumping to conclusions me saying that but it really looked that way no I think yeah. you're right man I saw I, I read with Pete Carroll after the game was like we were confused why we weren't scoring points like we're supposed to score points we always score points we weren't scoring points so we we, we got confused we lost it I mean yeah. that's so funny this defense is it can do that to you which yeah. I love. It's awesome to see the, the real Giants defense being fielded every week again, like like in so the I, days. I, I didn't know this fact about Patrick Graham. I didn't really look him up in terms of like his college and stuff like that. Well, he has a good relationship with Nico Lalos because they're fellow Ivy League guys. Patrick Graham is a, a Yale graduate, and they break down extra film together just for the hell of it. Of and I was like, oh, okay. It shows. It shows. Yeah, I, I, I'm... All right, this is great, and it's come to fruition. I love seeing. Yeah, Lalas went to Dartmouth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I read something so funny about Graham that, like, apparently you can ask him what play fifty six was when he played the Buccaneers oh, yeah. in two thousand seven, and he's like, Jeez. "Oh yeah, I remember that play we ready to draw." I mean, that's crazy. Like, what a football IQ. And, and that's and, Sean McVay stuff. Yeah, and I yeah. know Colin has been saying this all week, and I think we should bring it up that it's scary, but he is looking like maybe a top three head coaching candidate for somebody else next year. I, I I hope he doesn't jump and he sticks around. And you know how that would happen? And, you know, you'd hate to say it. But, like, you know, obviously we're not winning the Super Bowl this year, except, yes, we are. Um, <laughs> if we don't, then he'd be more inclined to stick around, I feel like, for something to prove. But if, like, say we did win the entire thing, he'd be <laughs> riding off into the sunset for sure. So I'm just going to yeah. plant that seed right now and... Yeah, no, I was thinking about that too. Like, how to, like, I mean, it's crazy that our number one concern after this game is keeping Patrick Graham, but I guess it's to be founded. But, like, how would we do that? And I, I think it has to come down to the relationship he has with Joe Judge and the rest of the coaching staff. I, the pressure that I get, one of the things that makes this Giants team so fun right now is they've slowly built up and they've slowly shown more chemistry and, and grit and, and togetherness that you got to think something special is happening there with this coaching staff that Judge put together with a bunch of guys that have known each other for a while. They all seem to be working together, so maybe maybe it is something that's a little special, and and they'll want to see it through to the end, um, which could be a, a Super Bowl next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna grant that it's a real option this one yet, but let, let, let's keep acting as if, I guess. Hey man, you can make some noise and get attention. You never know. I mean, did you? I think the last thing we ever thought in in 07, 08 was the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl. 
Absolutely. I remember sitting on the steps down into Crash Mansion, which is the bar I used to work at, watching that Week 17 game against the Pats and see them lose. I was like, well, it's been a good year. They're a good team. We'll see what happens. And then, hey, history is history. But it was the best lead into a playoff start uh, you could possibly ask for as a game. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's and, another conversation. Of course. I think, you know, we also need to give some credit to the offensive line and the improvement there. And if we want to talk about the coaching, I'm not going to say that the, the Guglielmo is necessarily the reason. What, what Dan, say it right. I mean, it's, I, I it's struggle with Guglielmo, probably. Yeah, th- just don't say the second G and you'll be way better Yeah, the off. second G. G. Silent G, Guglielmo. Pretend it doesn't I'm exist. Go Guglielmo. Yeah, yeah. Way All right, whatever. Anyway, um, I mean, I, like there's there's, <laughs> there's the one coaching change we've seen this year, and Andrew Thomas has played the two best games um, so far. Um, no pressures again last week, which is cool. Uh, no pressures again. Th- I'm sorry, no pressures again this week and last week. He looking like he's finally getting it together after being decried all year by us and everybody else in the world. Yeah, uh, um, which is awesome. I think you know Shane Lemieux looks like he is. Taking over that uh, left guard spot from Hernandez, he outsnapped him by a lot. What he had, um, 42, 42 snaps to Hernandez's fifteen, so he looks like the starting guard there. Um, and I think you know he needs some work in his pass protection, but I think the, the run game is really being spurred because you know of that change on that side. And, and I want to say one thing about why I think Gallman is doing well. I think he, you know, he's underutilized. In, in the first half, and I love that the run game wasn't super working, and then Garrett really stuck with it. And I think we said that a lot is that when he has his game plan, it works. When they deviate, it doesn't work. So they stuck to run, running the ball. And Gallman's sort of like starting to remind me of like DeMarco Murray when he, when he was playing for Garrett. He just like one cut and then up the field. So I think Good that's call. the type of runner that Garrett like will thrive in Garrett's offense. So, you know, I. Him only being out there for 28 to 56 snaps is, is an issue to me. If you're averaging 8.4 yards a carry and there's eight plus men in the box on 12 of his 16 carries, he still manages to rip off that many yards. He needs to be out there all the time. I love Morris as a, as a spell here and there, but I think Gallman is really needs to be featured in this offense. And it's going to well, help that, everybody. That would be easier if, if Morris wasn't like surprisingly producing. That's the, that's the issue there. No, that's fine. But I mean, if you're gonna, if if you have a safety in the box and you're averaging eight point four yards a carry, I mean, that's those are those are really good numbers. Maybe he isn't the, a threat in the passing game, but that doesn't necessarily matter on the early downs. Yeah, it doesn't sure. seem like Alfred Morris is giving you anything that Gallman isn't. If anything, he should be used as a spell rather than like every other series kind of thing that we seem to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with that. I also wanted to shout out uh, Nick Gates. I think. Over the past couple yeah. of games, I've been trying to keep an eye on him, and it seems like he's really starting to, to feel comfortable and coming to his own in the middle of the line there. Just, you know, from being the center of the offensive line to, you know, learning how to work off different double teams with both guards surrounding him. Um, he's been playing really well and, and helping, you know, maintain that clean pocket, um, whether it's for Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy. So shout out to Nick Gates. Plus, I always love an offensive lineman with long hair. That's a good look. Yeah, with, it makes yeah, me feel, 100%. you know, if you're going to be a white guy in the offensive line, you should definitely have some long hair. Not to mention, I mean, I know he didn't have that as many snaps, but the chances that Hernandez had, he actually played pretty well. And I was kind of surprised that he did because he's not been. So that was nice to see. Maybe he'll end up being like a swing tackle situation on, on like a... Uh, I mean, he's depth, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's something that's needed on this line for sure. I mean, uh-huh. whether or not Pert is going to be the guy at right tackle, we don't know. He Fleming out-snapped him 
by mar- leaps and bounds uh, this game. Fleming had a good game, too. Yeah, I mean, the whole line played well. I'm not going to get down on anybody. I thought, you know, that was really the reason for the success. I mean, we mentioned before, Colt McCoy, oh, he only threw 400 yards. Um, I don't, I mean, he had that pick. That was Engram's fault, in my opinion. We could talk Absolutely. about Engram all, for, for days about how. No, right now, I actually wanted to hear you've been too positive. What, what's, thoughts on Engram? Oh, God, why is he still on this team? He every For every <laughs> contribution he makes, it's there's something to detract from it. Every yep. freaking time. You know what? Fine. He had the most catches and yards uh, of anybody catching the ball this week. Cool. You turn the ball over, who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can't I turn mean, the ball over. He had 32 yards. It's not like he was, like, changing the game. No, no but I mean, no, but some of those first nobody, downs. Nobody th- they weren't throwing the ball because they, sh- they didn't need to and they shouldn't have. And I think they asked Colt McCoy to do exactly what Colt McCoy can do. Be a game manager and don't make any egregious errors. And he didn't. And, I th- and, and, and they... And, they won this game, and, and I'm convinced that with Daniel Jones back, this offense might even be able to make a little bit of noise. I'm saying that we're going to, after next week in the Cardinals, we're going to go from the perpetually 31st ranked offense in the league, 29. Going up Ooh. to 29, guys. That's wow. Right. Pumping like it up. I, make, I, I really like if they can keep running the ball successfully and, and, you know, rip off 150-yard games without without Jones being a contributor to that 150 yards, the play-action passes and the stuff that Jones is going to be able to run is going to be really open up, and, and it's really yeah. going to open up the offense. And I think going into next week, that's really like a game plan that will have success. I'm not going to tell the mastermind Grandma Garrett what game plan to do, but I'm sure he'll come up with something that is equal or better than, than what I just said. So We make fun of the guy, but he's he's really kind of figured it out with the personnel that he's given. He's doing... I, he's, it's almost like he's doing a Garrett Light offense, if that makes any sense. I just love how week-to-week week we are and everybody. It's so, it's so fun to be a Giants fan because one week you just hate everything, and then the next week you're like, oh, Garrett's not that bad. <laughs> well, no, I know. I mean, it hasn't... I haven't liked a lot of his play calls, even with some of the wins recently. This game... It was almost, I mean, it was easier for him because there was less things that he was willing to try with Colt, which is a, a mistake, obviously, because he's the best quarterback in the league. But, you know, I think he was a bit, <laughs> I, it was a humility thing. I think uh, they didn't want to pump up Colt's head too much, and they figured, let's toy with him a little. You can come out and say it. You can say it came from on high. Gettleman didn't want anyone to undermine Daniel Jones' spot on the team, so they, to- they told him to keep the chains on Colt McCoy. Don't unleash him yet. <laughs> for, you know, making Gettleman look bad. I will say this about Colt McCoy. I listened to his whole press conference. Yeah. He is must be the nicest, one of the nicest humans I've ever heard speak. You know, maybe he maybe did some messed up stuff in college, but everything I gathered from that, you know, eight-minute conversation, he sounded like the sweetest, most soft-spoken, most modest, most grateful dude ever. So I bet people want to play for him. I mean, he's he's like, all right, we, I don't want to let this guy down. He's so nice. I don't want well, him that's how He was coming from it from, like, the angle of, like, he's like, you know, the guys were playing so well. You know, like, they, they everything they were doing was so good. I just wanted to go in there and, and keep it going. I didn't want it, anything to be about me. You know, whatever wow. we have to do to win, we do. And so, like, that, what more can you want from a backup quarterback? Um, I, I also love that, that – uh that this is the first this is the first game he won and the last game he won um i'm sorry the first game he won since what 2017 the last game he won alfred morris was the was the running back yeah in washington yeah and and, and alfred morris scored his first receiving touchdown of his career too wait that was, that was really him. the first yeah i was wow. reading about him and he he also seems like a good dude and he was just like there's yeah. a lot of times when i was training and i'm just like what am i doing i'm never gonna play again 
And look at the, then here he is, you know, being he's, a meaningful Ruben contributor. Ruben Jones, Ruben Jones 2.0. Ruben Jones. Well, it, no, no, no. The only way he'd be considered Ruben Jones is if for some reason we put him back for kickoffs, which would make no sense at all. <laughs> oh, God. Like we uh, did well, with him. If we want to talk about kickoffs, should we talk about special teams? Because that that's really been the deficiency of the Giants in the last two Crazy. games. Which is something not something I thought I would be saying this year. But yeah. what, they had that block punt that led to the safety. Gano missed an extra point. And my favorite stat was that Riley Dixon was the number one tackler on special teams. Hey, I've got a theory. <laughs> I've got a theory here. Uh, I think because you're seeing all these young guys that were previously playing a lot of special teams, they might not be playing as much because they're having more of a role in offense or defense. So maybe they're throwing some guys in there that are just not as good as who Could was there. Right. Some of those young guys were hitting up to 40 snaps. Holmes and Love and, yeah. and Carter. Uh, Holmes. Holmes, what a game. Good job, man. That was wonderful. I mean, he had first a pick, yeah, he also had a penalty that basically like ruined a drive or like ex- like let Seattle score that drive. That, that's on the third and 15. I forget what the penalty was. A whole, it was a stupid defensive holding call. Yeah. And then Seattle scored on that drive. Whatever. I mean, and He's Love a also had a, had a gaffe as well that, that was pretty bad. But Yeah, that was a rough one. Didn't like that. Yeah, exactly. They're young guys. Like, I don't want to get too down on the young guys. And then, like, I know, uh, what's up with McKinney, guys? I mean, we haven't seen He only played six right. snaps. Like, so I, I, I have a theory that they are bringing him along slowly because they can so why not ease him in i know he was out there for a lot of deep safety stuff which is cool like that makes sense you throw him out there for that but you know he's been studying every single week he's watching a lot of film but don't force him to get back in if things are working well right now incorporate him he will probably end up having a big role down the stretch because you know knock on wood unfortunately injuries happen so you got to have everybody ready to step up so I, I think it's okay. Keep him fresh. Uh, you know, who knows how his foot or, you know, is doing also. It could not be 100%, even though he's ready to play. Yeah, I, I agree. I think let McKinney get, you know, it, it, from everything we know about this defense is that it's the most complicated defense anyone that's participated in professional football defenses has participated in. So let McKinney in slowly, figure yeah. it out, and so he can so he can really hit the ground running full speed when he's fully – you know, comfortable with the system. If you want to want to talk about McKinney, I know a lot of us wanted wanted uh, Isaiah Simmons, but we got McKinney, who is a very similar player. Isaiah Simmons, of course, from the Cardinals. I haven't heard his name all year, so I don't know. But anyway, next week Giants are playing the Cardinals at home. The Cardinals are six and six. Uh, Cardinals have the sixth best offense, eighteenth best defense. Giants are still thirty first in offense. That's going to change. Tenth best defense in the league. Um. Cardinals are in a three-game uh, losing streak right now. I think maybe Murray is a little banged up. Um, you know, he did throw a lot of touchdowns. He did throw, what, three TD passes. He only threw for 173 yards, lost the thumble, threw a pick six. Um, really didn't run the ball. I, I think he's, you know, really the, the most dynamic player on the team other than Hopkins. And I think the offense really is dictated to him. I think, you know, obviously being quarterback. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, you know, that, that's not the case with the Giants. Is Gallman is really the guy. So I mean, um, Dan, w- what are your thoughts on the Cardinals and their, and how, why they've been struggling? What do you think the Giants can do to exploit those struggles? The Cardinals are a really interesting team, obviously, from a coaching perspective and what they're trying to do in the NFL from a spread offense. Um, and running that kind of offense is really dictated on your quarterbacks being healthy and being able to be as dynamic as Kyler Murray is. Um, his rushing yards have been down recently. Um, he is suffering some sort of shoulder injury on his throwing arm, so he's definitely not a hundred percent. Um, 
and I think it's exposing sort of the lack of depth on the offense. Uh, the offensive line isn't great uh, outside of uh, Hopkins. You know, no one – they have a lot of really fast receivers. Um, I don't know what's going on with Christian Kirk, but they have a ton of, you know, high draft pick receivers that haven't really stepped up. Uh, they have no tight end, um, and the running game isn't really there. So they, they've been struggling, and, and they haven't been bailed out by their defense either. They've been, the defense has been giving up tons of third-down conversions. The secondary is in disarray. Um, so for me, you know, coming off this, this win with the Seahawks without Daniel Jones, I'm very excited to see if Daniel Jones can play uh, and sort of, you know, we showed you last week what our defense can do. Like, now let's show the NFL what the offense can do. Um, this might be setting up really great for them. Um, I think they can exploit the secondary. If Daniel Jones is in, we can start throwing the ball around, getting Slayton back on track. He's been quiet the past few weeks. Yeah. I'd love to see some, some deep plays to him. I'd love to see Evan Ingram not cause an interception. Um, At the very least. I'd like to see him just not get on the field. That would make yeah. me happy. Well, that's never going to happen because they what's love funny that man. It's because I was saying he was going to get hurt all like all year, and then he's still playing, <laughs> and he just sucks instead of getting hurt. So You know but he, he, you know what he's been doing, though? He'll have those awful plays, and then he'll have that big third down, first down. And it's just like, oh, man, you, you are really, really grinding my gears, man. It's yeah, whatever. Awful. I think Kyle could do it, too. I, I, but anyway, with the, with the Cardinals game, I think the, the number one thing for me is really if, if Martinez is, is healthy, which I hope he is. I know he had a little back injury uh, towards the other game, and, and it scared me to death when he wasn't uh, playing that, that He's last fine. drive. He's but fine. I think he'll be a great spy on Murray. I know Murray isn't, hasn't been running the ball as well. I think take that out of the game. Um, make him use his arm. If Bradbury continues to play super well, I'd take Hopkins out of the game. The defense really has a good shot to stifle Arizona the same way they did Seattle. So... Um, another thing to consider is Arizona has the 22nd ranked rushing defense. So, like you said, oh, Dan, well, assuming Daniel Jones is back, they hammer the ball in with Gall- Gallman, open some things up downfield. I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. I think the Giants have a really good chance to win this game. I think that it's it's possible that I, I just I don't know why I thought about this. And who knows if Grandma Garrett's going to actually do something like this and change up some things week to week. But if their secondary is such a weakness and they're not good at uh, defending the the rush run out of a shotgun a bunch and see how that goes because you're going to have guys that don't want to tackle anyway and they're not that great in general you might even be able to get uh, some different kinds of looks at a gallman you don't really see him get any um draws that much he's not a draw kind of guy but it, it might work Hey, I, I I would totally be down. I mean, um, whenever when everyone talks about do the draws a lot, I always just reminds me of Curtis Martin. That was like the only play that he oh. ever ran was a draw. Well, he was the best at that. Yeah, but I mean, it was we're, really good. we're not pumping um, up jets. Wait, can on I here. can I can I get my my one jets quip in? Did any did you guys see that the last play of that game? Oh yeah, yeah. They blitz. They, they ran in gauge eight and they didn't get there. Engage hate. Who? <laughs> and, and it's so funny that they fired Greg Williams after the game because that play, that was the stupidest play call maybe of all time. All you had to do was tackle a dude inbounds anywhere other than the end zone and the game would have been over. Yeah, really, well, that, I, Trevor Lawrence, they man. want Trevor Lawrence, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I want to go back real quick because I, I forgot to ask you guys something. So with, with how well Gallman is playing, the Giants obviously invested a, a second, the second overall pick in Saquon Barkley last year. I mean, two years, uh, ago. No, two years ago, excuse me. Um, 
Where do you see them going with him? Is he really needed on this team? Do you trade him? Do you keep him around? Is, I mean, is he really that dynamic that he's going to change this offense that much, Colin? Well, I, I actually was just having this conversation with my dad earlier today when we were doing our, our regular uh, debriefing post-Giant game. And I, I just pontificated on the idea of if you had the one super long... Actually, I have a side on this as well that I, I'll, I'll dig into, too. Um Gallman's longest run he got down the field and he was he was going and then he ran out of gas like halfway through which was fine but I envisioned Saquon running the exact play and it I feel like that's a touchdown and it's like I, stuff like that makes me think uh, if we get a line that can actually keep doing what they're doing and make this happen next year for him I don't know I I, I would love to see what he can do with a competent line However, the little side is, is a nice, funny thing that I, I'm sure you guys have noticed before. And I love it. And I, I don't know why we haven't talked about it yet. So on that same play, Gallman's running down the field. You had the one guy, and I don't know who it was. It was a staff member of some sort for the Giants, doing the Pete Townsend from the Who windmill. I love that so much when someone's on a big run. It's like my favorite thing on, in the entire planet. I, I, I think that that actually makes people run faster. It would make me run faster if I was on that, you know in that play yeah you love to see it the, that, that the sideline going nuts they're oh yeah all just... game yeah uh I, i'm sure you guys could guess where i come down on, on saquon uh no doubt like i think he saquon would have broke that for a touchdown um but that that upside to me you know isn't worth overspending i don't want a todd Gurley contract you know uh i think saquon is going to demand a lot of money when it comes to re-sign him. But, I, you know, in my ideal world, we still have him under contract. If we can get someone to, to trade for him or something like that, um, either that or to him to agree to a contract that's, you know, team-friendly because he's been injured, <laughs> like, the majority of his um, time here. Not to say he's not great and not a great teammate and, and not everything you can want from a running back, but, um, you know, paying him top dollar um, at a position that's so devalued – you know, it's not something I want to do for long-term success. I mean, I'd love to see him in there, but I'd also love to pay, um, you know, Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence for the next 10 years, like, just to chew up teams. Um, oh, what about Leonard Williams? I said, said Leonard Williams. No, I wanted to talk about him, him again. Give him, he give he, him, he give did a great bag, uh, press man. conference. Give him you should bag. listen to his press conference. Oh, uh, I actually I didn't see it. I want to see it. What is he just? He gave he gave props to uh, the secondary and to and to Dalvin Tomlinson um, for his sacks and everything. So. Oh man, he's doing everything right. It makes me sick. You know what? No, but I think Ian, you know when he had Ian on the other week, and I think he said it the best. He's like, no one is mad at Leonard Williams. They're just mad at the Leonard Williams yeah. trade. So, of course. I mean, listen, I say throw the bag at the guy. Give him. We last week I said sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I'm saying twenty, twenty plus is where where leo's at right now <laughs> give him the bag man no get rid of if, if solder's contract is off the book somehow with, yeah i know it's not it, not technically that. supposed to be with the covid thing but they could change the rules who knows i'm saying you you throw money at him <laughs> he's worth it he's he's playing super well listen nate love um you know we we just don't have room on, on the team for you it's not because you missed all last season due to covid it's just because you suck yeah. So, <laughs> it's not good. It's not See you later, dude. Well, he does, and I don't. I actually forgot that he existed until you mentioned it. I think it was last week. One of you guys mentioned him, and I was like, "Oh, that guy." Yeah, he's on this team still. I mean, that's how I felt about Barkley <laughs> since Gallman. Oh, and I, and I, I just want to say that 
I know, Colin, you said, oh, Barkley breaks that touch, breaks that run for a touchdown. The Giants scored a touchdown on that drive, so they're going to no, score I, no, anyway. No, I mean on that play. Well, I'm just saying the they, Giants scored a touchdown. So yeah, regardless if he is finishing that play or if they're finishing it two plays later, I mean, I, I'm going to sort of side with both of you guys here in the fact that I don't think you trade Saquon. Maybe you don't re-sign him, though. It might not be worth it. You kind of just, you know, move on from, from maybe what was a, a mistake in the draft. I think you see what you get. I don't know if but, you're going to yeah. get rid of him because, you know, we could be wrong. He, he could really be that dynamic and have a have the best season we've ever seen next year. We don't know. So I'd say give it a year, see what happens. If not, get rid of him. Also, too, you got to think about the real the realistic nature of, of how this, this organization is. Uh, we keep winning games right now. Unfortunately, Davey's going to stick around. And if he's going to stick around, so is Saquon. So I, I'm almost just getting ready for him. I mean – pleasantly sticking around for a while that's fine make it work you know if, if judge has the influence over gettleman that we all suspect he did during the last draft i mean it might not be the worst thing in the world i mean I, I, as much as we joked about it today i think we all still almost see gettleman gone who knows what's going to happen it's, it's a real crapshoot with how the giants are playing now and you know what either way I, I just want them to keep winning games regardless of what the outcome is in the front office or, or coaching changes or regardless yeah you know it, it, we're definitely at that point just keep winning see what happens Keep Speak for yourselves. I don't want to give any more of my hard-earned fan bucks to Dave Gettleman. He works for me. <laughs> Doesn't act like it. Well, uh, before we go, uh, Colin, what's, yeah. what's the score of that Cardinals game, buddy? Well, I think it's time because I've been inspired by this last game. And um, I, I'm, I'm taking something out of the closet I, 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 haven't, uh, I haven't worn in a long time. So... I'm I'm feeling a little. Uh, oh boy, I'm he's feeling got on a little the, uh, good here. Super Bowl uh, champions the fever? hat on right now. I, I got I got the Super Bowl Forty Two champions hat, and uh, I'm what an uh, ugly put, hat. Yeah, I what an ugly hat. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, yeah it is well, ugly. I, I'm gonna have it forever, and uh, I think uh, this current team is gonna be very inspired by this team. And I'm uh, like Jim Fossil once said, I'm putting all my cards on the table. We're winning the Super Bowl. So who's going to win this you, Cardinals game? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm skipping over that. With that being said, Cardinals 56, Giants 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do think we win. I do think we win. I think it's going to be the, almost a mirror image of, of this past game. Uh, it's The defense is just going to show up and stop the struggling uh, Arizona offense. And um, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it like 20 to – 16. Right on, Dan? I, I think a couple things you have to factor in. Uh, you know, I think if we know Daniel Jones is going to start, that really changes the math on this game. Um, so I think if Daniel Jones starts and if the three of us commit to wearing our junk brands headband for the duration of the game, I think we can count on a Giants victory, you know, a high scoring by Giants account uh, standards, a 28 to... 17 Giants victory. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to go even wilder than you, Dan, and I'm going to say Giants going to win 34 to 10. I think they're going to run all over Arizona. Oh. I think I think Jones is going to be back, and I think he's going to connect on those deep balls to Slayton that he's, they've missed too many times this year. Do you think we get some locker room footage of Joe Judge in the middle of a mosh pit just celebrating? As long as yeah. they got their masks on and don't find us a draft pick, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> As, as long as he also puts on some Limp Bizkit or any other new metal in the, in the locker room, too, and nobody's going to know what it is, that's Drowning what I cool. want. Drowning cool. Oh, yes. 
Next po- next podcast we'll discuss Joe Judge's Spotify playlist. Oh, <laughs> Can't wait. And thank oh, yeah, you guys good. for joining us tonight. Don't forget to check out junkbrands.com. Um, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Big Blue United. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Big Blue. Need a beer? Go to Beer and Provisions. Very oh, yeah. 96 Barry Street, Beer and Provisions. Get your craft beer here, kiddos. Peace. See you next time. <laughs> Peace. Big Blue. Big Blue. Big Blue. Big Blue. Big Blue. Big Blue.